Good morning and welcome to morning prayers. We especially welcome this morning Miles Graham, class of 2016, and those of you from Cabot House who have joined us here for senior talks this day at morning prayers. We are grateful for your presence with us. As is our custom, let us rise and join together in reading a psalm, Psalm 133, found on page 67 of the Black Appleton Psalter. We will read responsibly by whole verse. How good and pleasant it is that brothers dwell together. Like the dew of Hermon that falls upon the mountains of Zion. A reading from Nadine Stare. If I had my life to live over again, I'd dare to make more mistakes next time. I'd relax. I would be sillier than I have been on this trip. I would climb more mountains and swim more rivers. I would eat more ice cream and less beans. I would perhaps have more troubles, but I'd have fewer imaginary ones. You see, I'm one of those people who live sensibly and sanely hour after hour, day after day. Oh, I've had my moments, and if I had it to do over again, I'd have more of them. 
In fact, I'd try to have nothing else. Just moments, one after another, instead of living so many years ahead of each day. I would start barefoot earlier in the spring and stay that way later in the fall. I would go to more dances. I would ride more merry-go-rounds. I would pick more daisies. Good morning. Today, I invite you to join me in considering what makes our lives beautiful. To start, I want you to take 10 seconds to think about two things that make this place, Memorial Church, beautiful. Keep your two things in mind as I tell you about an experience I had over spring break, and you'll soon realize why I asked you to think of them. Over break, I had the pleasure of having a lesson on traditional Japanese flower arrangement with some friends. When we had finished our arrangements, I looked over at one of my friends to see that he had constructed a beautiful underbrush from flower clippings beneath the four tall flowers that signify the traditional Japanese style. I told him how much I liked this, but our exchange was interrupted by our teacher, who came over to tell him that his arrangement was too crowded and that he needed to open up some space to allow the flowers to be beautiful and show themselves off. As my friend removed the clippings, I realized that our teacher was right. The arrangement became more striking as he opened up space around the flowers. Now, bringing it back to those two things I asked you to think of just a minute ago, if you're anything like me, it was unlikely that you thought of open space as what makes this place, Memorial Church, beautiful. But I think you'd all agree that, on second thought, it really is the open space between these walls that makes this place beautiful, and that the open space is maybe as important as the walls or pillars themselves, or the things that adorn them. I think we can all learn an important lesson from thinking about the open spaces that so often make the places we inhabit beautiful. Namely, I think that these physical open spaces help us realize the importance of creating, preserving, and valuing metaphorical open space in our lives. Open space in our lives means free, empty, and unplanned time. Time filled with nothing. Of course, it is fine and wonderful for this empty time to fill with serendipities and reflection. That is in part why it is important to have open space in our lives, to provide ourselves with chances to find joy and spontaneity and to pause and think. But we should also be content if nothing fills these minutes and we must not try to fill in the space. So the next time you have an empty afternoon, don't try to fill it. Keep it empty for as long as you can. And if it arrives still beautifully full of nothing, take joy in that fact and in whatever spontaneous thing you get up to, even if it's just sitting outside doing nothing. This probably sounds scary to my fellow Harvard students. I know it does to me. Empty, unplanned, nothing. Aren't those the things that people who aren't going to succeed talk about? Aren't those for people who have given up, who aren't pushing themselves, who are missing out? No. In fact, empty space gives people the room to focus on what matters most to them, to be creative, to rest and store up energy for the next great push. 
It's the presence of empty space that allows us to realize, free from distraction, the most beautiful aspects of our lives. Those things that give us the greatest joy and happiness. Preserving empty space in my life has been difficult for me at Harvard. It always seems like there is some event I should plan on attending, friend I should plan on seeing, or work I should plan on doing. But it is in the unplanned moments that I have had many of my most meaningful experiences here. I settled on a concentration in an unplanned moment on the quad my sophomore year as I sat watching a beautiful sunset on the lawn. Unplanned meals in the dining hall, unplanned runs, and unplanned naps make up many of my best memories. These moments and the empty space that comprised them gave me opportunities to see and feel the things that make my life beautiful. Chance meetings, spur of the moment adventures, and being comfortable doing nothing at all. But I, like Nadine Stair, wish I had more of these moments. My good friend, a recent graduate, and I were recently talking about the anxiety that greets her when she has an entire day without plans. She told me that she feels like she's missing out when she's alone, and that a big part of her year has been dedicated to becoming comfortable being alone. This made a big impression on me, and I think we can learn a lot from her intentional embrace of the open spaces in her life. Whether you're someone with more open space than you'd like, or someone who has to fight to get even an hour of time to yourself. Instead of filling these open spaces, my friend has found beauty in them. Talking to her about this idea of open space, I asked her what she had done after our previous conversation. She told me that she'd spent the day in the Boston Public Garden, reading, people watching, and doing nothing in particular, and that this had been an incredible, incredible day. I want to close by reading you one of my favorite comic strips, Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes, I think, have this whole thing worked out. In the strip, Calvin finds Hobbes sitting beneath a tree on a sunny day. Hi, Hobbes, he says. What you doing? Hobbes replies, nothing. To which Calvin asks, nothing at all? Nope, Hobbes says. And Calvin replies, I'll help, as he lies down next to Hobbes under the tree. Please do, says Hobbes. Let us pray. Dear Lord, please help us find and preserve the empty spaces in our lives so that we may be overwhelmed by the joy of serendipity, the peace of reflection, and the quiet contentment that accompanies doing nothing at all. As we leave this place today, help us to see the beauty around us and the beauty in our own lives. And let us join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn today will be hymn number 40 in the hymn book, Morning Has Broken. Please rise if you are able.
Before we close, I would like to invite you all to join us out on the porch, out on the lawn, uh, to, for Mem Cafe for coffee and refreshments. Please join us after the service. Receive now the benediction. For the light that shines on our days be our illumination, O God. For the holy rays of insight that arrive when we least expect them, startle us afresh, Holy One. For the joy of service that clears the way for justice and peace, give us strength and compassion, O joyful companion. Amen. <laughs>